Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions Podcast. This is episode 143. Abe Matt's here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how's it going with you? It's going great. 43. I got Pascal Siakam and then an old supersonic Jack Sigma. Ooh, I like it. Jack Sigma, 1979 champion. Yep. Awesome player. Uh, yeah, great player. I like the Pascal Siakam, too. He, I like Pascal a lot. You know, he ended last year strong, kind of under the radar. Good. Oh, yeah. He was on my fantasy team and helped me uh, get second place in my week. Ooh, very nice. So, basketball aside, we're actually switching gears a little bit to talk about baseball because we are rolling right toward the playoffs and i've got a hope i've got a prayer that this might be the first year in 20 years 21 years depending on how you count it that the seattle mariners might make the playoffs which makes it not only the longest playoff drought in baseball by a lot but the longest playoff drought in all four major sports it's crazy to think of that with all the teams that have, the good Mariners teams that have been around since then, you know? Yeah. And, and what's crazy too is that last team, 2001, those Seattle Mariners won 116 games. Yet yep. somehow couldn't make the playoffs at all since then. I know it's nuts, but they got Julio Rodriguez now. They do. I've got a question for you about what counts as the playoffs in baseball anymore, because you know, the rules have changed over the last couple of years. Now they've got these little three-game series with different wild-card teams and like the lowest division winner. Does that count as the playoffs? I think it does. Doesn't it in the NBA if they're in the play-in tournament, or does it not? I think it doesn't. Doesn't in the NBA? I, fe- I feel like it does in MLB because they call it the playoffs. Yeah. I think they're three-game series, so I feel like that's the that's playoff. If it was a yeah. game like it is in the NBA, I would feel differently about it. But okay. I feel like it's – I think it should count. I do, too. And I think they'll, they'll say that, too. Like, when, if, if, if that's what the Mariners end up in, you know, like they'll be talking about that for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm for it. So what we're talking about is not just the sport of baseball, but being at, at a baseball game and getting your grub on. What are the top five baseball foods? And I think we'll probably fly through this list. There's only so many baseball foods. But what I thought about this, or or why I thought of this list, is because we went to our first baseball game with Elena and Malcolm, both of their first baseball games, uh, a couple of months ago. And Elena actually, you know, honestly had a pretty good time. And they made it through about two hours of a baseball game, which was... Surprising that they lasted that long. Not bad. Elena started like falling asleep at the end of it. But um, she ate during the baseball game a whole hot dog. She had uh, most of a churro. She had garlic fries. Wow. Peanuts. And she also had cotton candy. So she ate five different foods. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was doing work. No, she was seriously doing work and really liked it for that. So I kind of, before the season was over, I want to pick it out to, uh, we went to the Giants. I want to make it out to an A's game at least because they have something that is not on my list because I haven't had it yet, but it's a new thing at A's stadiums over the last few years. And I haven't been to the A's stadium since before the pandemic. So I definitely got to make it out for this. And I'll talk about it in my honorable mention. But we're talking about those top five foods did you have when you started putting together this list be like 
anything that did you know what your number one was going to be um i think i did i kind of put it there pretty quickly i also had to this uh, 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 disclaimer for my list is that i'm now vegan going on five years wow so pretty good yeah, it's pretty good. So a lot of these foods I can't eat anymore. So it was, it's based on memory. I may have not had it in a very long time. So I kind of had to think about that. Like, is my memory, am I going on just what I remember? Like, how do I weigh this versus just like what I think of it? I don't know. It was, yeah. it was a little tricky, but I think my number one was pretty, pretty solid. Okay. Are you trying to remember in your head what a milk beef stick tastes like? Yeah, milk, milk cheese stick, <laughs> milk. fried milk cheese. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we jump into the list, though, you got a whiskey, and we got to hear about that whiskey. I do indeed. I have the third of the little three sample bottles from the Power Squirt Distillery that my lovely wife Lisa procured for me from the Emerald Isle, and this is the one I've been the most excited to try. It's the fourteen-year-old single malt. Astute listeners of Whiskey Sessions know that I raved about both of the other two, Premium Blend and the 10-year-old single grain, which I believe I gave the first ever one-sip smooth train. Incredible. Yeah, it was just that good. So hopefully, um, I mean, my expectations are much higher now, so that could be a good thing or a bad thing. But um, based on the fact that it's the most aged of the three, it should be really good. Um it's a 46% alcohol by volume, uh, 14-year-old single malt Irish whiskey. It says it's a remarkably, a truly remarkable, smooth, satisfying, perfectly balanced, and easy-to-drink single malt Irish whiskey. Exclusively matured in fresh bourbon barrels for over 14 years, it has married oak and bourbon tones with a fruity, clean, malty spirit to deliver a classic with maturity beyond its years. It's funny, the whiskey that I drank from the last episode used the term married, too. Mm. term overused i think so and i think maybe there was like a conference where all the whiskey people were at and they were like hey this is a word you should be getting into your descriptions yeah what if it was like two tastes that are normally together but for the purpose of the whiskey they get divorced like we're <laughs> divorcing these two <laughs> yeah it's the divorce and then the separated and then the all the different permutations mm-hmm um, I don't know if I mentioned, but their brand name is, it's the Power Squirt Distillery, but these are all under the Fur Cullen uh, right. brand name. And we determined you can, you know, if you don't have the opportunity to go to the Emerald Isle, you can find this online, right? Yeah, they do have a website. It's a, they're a little on the pricey side, full bottles, um, and you have to pay some, like, shipping costs, but they're, it's doable. Hey, if I got this it. is another smooth train, I think folks out there should get it, but I, I don't want to get ahead of the horse there. Oh, absolutely. The, uh, the horse in the cart. Yeah. You're putting the cart ahead of the Bill Cartwright. Yes. I'm putting the Bill Cartwright ahead of the cake. He's eating it too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We got there. It looks good, um, though. Love the color. Yeah, it, does, it does. It's like a nice caramely color. I have it neat in my favorite whiskey drinking glass. So, um,. As I was just twirling it kind of nonchalantly there, I thought, wouldn't it be funny if we're recording this and I just drop it and I can never, <laughs> I can never review it. Um, but I didn't. How okay. is the first uh, smell of it? The smell is a very pleasant, sweet smell, which I expect because of the bourbon barrels. 
I like a good sweet smell on the whiskey. Yeah, it's, it's just pleasantly sweet. A little vanilla, a little honey, maybe, smell to it. Sweet. Just kind of nice. Now, I, I got to... Actually, the last sniff there was almost a caramel, too, that came in, which is not something I would normally expect with Irish whiskey, but... I think the question that the listeners are going to have as you're taking your first sip is not just, is it smooth drink or food, but can it compete with the earlier entry of being a first sip smooth drink? Mmm. Well, I can tell you, I don't think it's going to be first sip. Not in a bad way. It's just, it was such a punch mm-hmm. of flavor that I have to take another sip to like figure it out. It was very... It was like a lot going on. Yeah, there was a lot going on, and it was kind of like a like a a pop of whiskey flavor, like a an assault on my taste buds. I would say, and I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out what they were using to assault it. Is it? Do you detect the same notes in the smell? Like, are you getting that vanilla? Are you getting that kind of sweetness? I'm getting the sweetness and I'm getting the like sense of what I think of an Irish whiskey. Like if I just sat here beforehand and said, okay, take an Irish whiskey that I know. And then let's say they put that in the same barrel that maybe like, um, you know, remember like Eagle rare, that really nice, um, mm-hmm. what's that whiskey called? Totally blanking on it. We went Buffalo to the story. Yeah. Buffalo trace there. Like think of just like a really good version of bourbon that I like. If you put those together, how would it taste? And that's maybe why I had that reaction because it's not exactly that. So I got to I got to take another sip here to see. Like I got to sort through it. All right. Yeah. Pick apart. Pick apart the whiskey. Compartmentalize it, if you will. We do this with Elena, and her. Uh, she's got a book called The Color Monster, where the monster is trying to compartmentalize its different feelings. Mm. take it in all at once i like that advice and that's what i'm trying to do right now and i will say confidently after the second sip that it is a smooth train it's definitely worthy of the smooth train i do not think i like it quite as much as the 10 year old though okay i think that was my favorite and this would probably be second it's really good the reason i say that is i'm not there's something about the mix of the irish whiskey aged in the bourbon barrels that i'm not as big of a fan of it's just like they're straight up 10 year old aged Irish whiskey. Um, and that's just personal taste, but I mean, it's very high quality. It also, I forgot to mention when you first take a sip and you kind of like let it hit your tongue a little bit, it's got almost like a pillowy, like buttery texture to Whoa. it. It's like very, you can tell it's very well made, like very high quality product. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, uh, well-crafted. Yeah. It's good stuff. They know what they're doing over there. Very nice. All right. Another one for the smooth track. Yeah. I'm very excited for the, to have learned about these. So I have to thank Lisa again for bringing them back. Yeah. Great job, Lisa. I, uh, one of these times I got to try the Percolin trio that you mentioned, but maybe I'll just get the, get a bottle of a 10 year old shipped. That might be what I do too. Yeah. Nice. All right. Let's turn our attention back to baseball, where the Seattle Mariners will definitely win the World Series this year. I'm taking it one step further. Uh, and we're talking about top five foods at a baseball game. 
So let's get into it. These are our top five foods that you can get at a baseball game. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. Uh, all right, my number five. And when I thought about this, I was, I wasn't thinking about like, you know, each individual stadium, you can get some pretty weird foods that are like specific to the area. So I didn't try to like go into that level of depth really because you wouldn't find that type of food at every stadium. I think basically everything on my list is a food that you could find at most stadiums. All right. So my number five, and I've come around on this one and it took a while but I've come around on it. It's garlic fries. Mm. I think that for a while I found the smell just kind of like pungent. Like if you are within a hundred feet of somebody with garlic fries, you know it. Yeah. Uh, but last time I went to a Giants game, I had some garlic fries and you know what? They really hit the spot. So I'm putting them number five. I like fries. I like garlic. So I mean, they gotta be good. Yeah, and uh, the Bay Area has a, a place that's just known for its garlic. Uh, it's a town called Gilroy that's a little bit south. And uh, so I don't know that the garlic's actually any better or anything like that, but it, but it has that kind of like added local component of it. Mm, nice. All right, what's your number five? My number five is Cracker Jack. Ooh, good one. This was, oh. yeah, the toughest one. Uh, to leave off my list. I probably was a little bit more biased because I could still eat Cracker Jack as a vegan. So, I mean, that's one of the ones I can still enjoy. And I really like it. It's, I like just that sweet popcorn, especially with the mix that Cracker Jack has. It's just really good. It's one of my favorite, like, salty, sweet, you know, mix-ups, mash-ups. It is good. I like that you correctly also didn't pluralize it. Cracker Jacks. Yeah. Just cracker I'm going to go to, I'm going to the jewels to get some Cracker Jacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Great. Number five. My number four, this is probably the most controversial one on my list only in terms of is this available at most stadiums or not, but I think it is available at most stadiums and it's often what I try to get. So I'm going to say pulled pork sandwich. Yeah, I think you're right about that. It's like most stadiums are going to have that kind of barbecue place. And like for some reason, that'll be one of the like two or three menu items that they do. And it's probably not going to be the best pulled pork sandwich in the world, but it's going to hit the spot for me. For mm -hmm. So I'm putting it not there. I feel like the White Sox are known for their pulled pork sandwich. Am I right about that? Do you recall having I theirs? I think you are. I, okay. I, I, I'm trying to remember like what stadium. Uh, like took that. And I don't think it was Seattle, and I don't go to Wrigley all that much, and I don't think it was one of the stadiums I live at now because I haven't been to Wrigley all that much. So I feel like it must have been the White yeah. Stadium. That made me yeah, bad. that's a good one. All right, what is your number four? My number four is nachos. Ooh, all right. Uh, you like the whatever kind of cheese that's going, or like, what do you want on your nacho? I like the basic really like cheap looking the cheaper and lower cost looking it is that's when i feel like i enjoy them the most it's just like those round basic tortilla chips with nacho cheese and like jalapenos and whatever else like they throw on it that's all i want i like that i went to uh this was probably 10 years ago but i went to a baby shower uh for a friend of a friend, basically, who was a friend, but started as a friend of a friend. 
and the theme of the baby shower was essentially like baseball game food or carnival game food. And they had like those normal nachos with the cheese, whatever that is, and a few other things. I got to say, it was kind of awesome. It's like that cheese that comes out of a pump. That's how I think of it. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. Is it cheese? Yeah, it's cheese. It's like cheese sauce. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I, I can get behind that for sure. Yeah. All right. My number three is uh, one, again, I, I didn't used to get a lot, but now I do get because it's perfect for a baseball game in terms of how it's handheld. And Elena loves it as well, but I'm going with Churro. Nice. This, this used to be a spot reserved for Jumbo Pretzel, which did not make my list. It's, so it's kind of taken over that mantle for that type of food for me. But, man, it was great to have one of those. Okay. Yeah, those are... That's, I agree with you about the ease of eating it, too. Yeah, that matters. Because yeah. I'm going to be catching a home run ball with the other hand. That's right. You got yeah. kids to, you know, to look after. You got a lot of stuff to do. You can't be eating with both hands. No, no, no. Cannot be doing that. So churro is perfect for that. What is your number three? My number three is probably flirting. I tried to do the same thing you did, which was not be region specific. This one I feel like is as general to qualify, but let me know if you disagree. Like the novelty ice cream and a helmet thing, like a Sunday that they well, usually I, serve. I think that's, it may not be everywhere, but it is basically everywhere. I think. Yeah. That's always just like a satisfying it feels like, hey, I'm participating in this. Like, this is the team's helmet. Like, I'm eating a delicious Sunday out of it. This is great. I'm going to wear it immediately after I finish the Sunday, and I won't wash it out, and I'm going to have I'm... a little bit of ice cream on my head. <laughs> yeah. You... This, is why, this is why everybody calls me ice cream head. Oh, God, I don't want to go back to school. You know, all the stuff that's great about it. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I like that one a lot. That's uh, I was trying to figure out a good ice cream one that would fit in. Like I, I almost put dip and dots on my list, but I didn't. Uh, that, I did exactly the same thing, and I realized that I only ate dip and dots at the water park that I went to a lot as a kid, which is weird. But that's where they had yeah. dip and dots, so I couldn't put it on baseball. <laughs> my favorite thing about dip and dots is that they just always advertise themselves as the future of ice cream. I'm like, if it hasn't happened yet, it's not going to happen. Dip and dots. I think dip and dots are. I wish I could still eat Dippin' Dots. That's one of the few foods I, I really do want to eat. You should double check that there's dairy in Dippin' Dots. I'm not, like, positive there is. Yeah, it's probably, like, soy. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably soy-based. I'm probably fine. Uh, all right. My number two is bowl of sausage. And when you talk about a, uh, a baseball game bowl of sausages, it's probably just, like, a hot dog that's right. slightly different. But yep. still, still, I do not want a normal hot dog. I want a bowl of sausage. What, even if that's, there's literally no difference. It's just kind of bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. I want it with either some grilled onions or sauerkraut, either one. And that is it. That hits the spot for me. Yeah, that's a solid choice. Those are always good. Yeah. All right, what's your number two? My number two is largely based on, well, two factors. One is the ease of eating. Um, and well, I guess no, it's the satisfaction of eating. And then two is the length that you can be entertained by it. It's a bag of peanuts. Double dip. Yes. 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 Great call. I think my favorite thing about peanuts is that, yeah, you, you can eat them all game long and you just throw the shells on the ground. It's expected. 
it's expected and it's delightful and it's the best thing. It's like there's a I don't know if this is a nationwide chain, but there's a place called like Texas Roadhouse or something that uh, is near us in Northwest Indiana. I want to say the one we went to all the time was, and they had the same thing. They serve peanuts, and you're supposed to throw the peanuts on the ground as you eat them. They want you to do it. They like have a person who just cleans up peanut shells. It's their job. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, that's how peanuts should be. I I think you should be able to throw peanut shells on the ground in any establishment. I agree. Yeah. Even like transportation, like no matter where you are. Absolutely. Anywhere on an airplane. How fun would airplane rides be if you could just throw peanuts on the ground? I would be so much more entertained during a flight if it was just a peanut shell war, like oh, from yeah. aisle to aisle. This, honestly, I would have put this as a hot take in our last episode if, it, if I didn't come across as a little insensitive, probably for doing it. But peanut allergies for kids... I am tired of having to be accommodating for that. You want to know what? <laughs> do you know what Elena's preschool insists on? She did this. Not only can she not bring any kind of nut in her lunch. Oh, in case a kid accidentally eats it or something. I don't know. In case it's like in the airstream of the kid. All right. Not, on, not only that, she is not even allowed to eat any kind of nut on the day she goes to preschool. Meaning I can't, like what I like to do is, I used to always do this thing where I would put a little peanut butter in her oatmeal. She really liked that. I can't do that in the morning on the day she goes to preschool. Do you believe Wait a minute. that? Do you but believe that? I, I don't believe it. I think your level of outrage is appropriate. But how is anybody going to know if she had peanut that day? I don't know. And how do kids get allergic to peanuts like that? I think it's because of bad choices you made. <laughs> I, I, it, it is. This feels like the other societal one. Trump getting elected. Re- repealing Roe versus Wade <laughs> and the rise of peanut allergies <laughs> and the rise of peanut allergies are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's right. That's what America's facing. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it because I freaking love peanuts. Elena loves peanuts. She's been eating like Maggie ate peanut butter when she was in the womb, and we've given her ever since. And I think that's why she's not allergic. I think kids being allergic to peanuts is a failing on the parents, and that's my other hot take. Is she going to dress up as Mr. Peanut for the first Halloween party? I think she will. And she will just be throwing peanut shells left and right. And they better get used to it. And it'll have a note pinned to it saying, if you have a problem with this, call Andy Metz. (laughs) (laughs) Have your phone number. (laughs) Five, five, five. (laughs) Five, five, five hot takes. All right. You know my number one. What is your number? My number one is hot dog. Ooh, all right. So So we we had like a crisscross at the time. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, and I'm not even, I'm not particular. I mean, you throw any hot dog at me at a baseball game, previous, you know, pre-vegan, Brian, I'm, I'm happy. I don't care if it's like, looks like somebody made it in their microwave, like, or if it looks awesome and is giant and has a bunch of toppings. I don't care. I just want a hot dog. Yeah. It's, uh, I will say, like, it's now it's T-Mobile Park when it was called Safeco Field in Seattle. Like, they've got great food. But you go back to pre-1999 and we had the kingdom like they had the kind of hot dogs where you were like you made this in a microwave four days ago and now i'm gonna get and i would still be happy (laughs) at that level yeah it's like a bad 
it's like a poorly financed traveling fair that you go to and like their hot dogs. I, you can give me that in a baseball game. I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm for it. All right. Do you have any honorable mentions for food? I do. I have one and it's the honorable mention because I don't know if it counts. I, it's something that I like that I saw happen probably in the mid to late 2000s onwards, like all the craft beer that you can get at baseball games. Oh yeah, that's nice. I wasn't really thinking about drinks, but you're right. 100% right there. The beer choices, general alcohol choices have changed dramatically at baseball games. Right? It's an arm and a leg. It is not affordable or, or practical to get them, but I like the fact that I could if I want to. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I mean, you're right. It is expensive, but it's also not that differently priced from the cheap beer. Correct. Yes, a point where it's like, if you're going to be ripping me off, you might as well really rip me off. I make, I think people tend to, even if you're not really a big drinker, people turn into like hardcore drinkers at places where drinks are expensive. They're like, I need to get as much alcohol for my money as I can. So I'm going to get like the Long Island iced tea that they're selling me and they're just getting bombed. Yeah, like that's well, what leads to problems. No, I think you're right. You're right there. But speaking of unique alcohol, and I put this on my list, though I haven't had it yet. I just need to try it. So it obviously couldn't actually go on my list. But the Ace Stadium is trying something called Party Pops, which are alcoholic popsicles. Wow. Next time. That's something. On, let's go to Ace Game. Try them out. That is interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then also missing my list, Chicken Fingers, Cracker Jack, and Jumbo Pretzel. For some reason, I also listed cotton candy, even though I freaking hate cotton candy, but Elena does really like it. So. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'm going to posthumously add cotton candy and, then um, yes, that's correct use of that word, cotton candy and jumbo pretzel to my honorable metrics because I do, I don't really like cotton candy either, but I feel like it is a very baseball-y food that a lot of people do enjoy. And also, jumbo, any pretzel is great. It's the best. I found some list that said... I don't know if I believe this or not. I'm not sure. What, I don't remember what the source was, but it said cotton candy was the best-selling food at baseball games. I believe. I would believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Because of like kids seeing it and being like, "Oh, I want that," because it looks interesting. It looks like a cloud on a stick. Yeah. I wonder if they sell the most items of it, or if they actually make the most money. I would not believe the second one because cotton candy is not that expensive. Right. So we'll see. I'll 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 crunch the numbers on that, and we'll get back to the folks. But it's probably not, it probably doesn't even cost anything. It's probably a byproduct of some other food. And it's like, a, it, this is like a scandal waiting to break. Like cotton candy is the byproduct of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something else. A hot dog, it naturally creates <laughs> cotton candy. They just have like collectors on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Get the cotton candy boy. He's got to swab the cotton candy down. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, folks at home, if you've got favorite foods at a baseball game that we forgot about, forgot to mention, uh, go ahead and hit us up. You can hit us up on our Twitter feed that's at Whiskey Sessions or at Whiskey Sessions Music at gmail.com and we'll read your email on a future episode but we got to get to your emails for this episode. So let's get into it. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them. Alright, BPM, what do we got in the old email inbox? Dear Whiskey Sessions, how many more episodes until we get to talk about Bridges again? From Michael Bridges. Ooh. I would have to look back at what episode Bridges was. But if I'm going to be frank, that was like one of the harder top fives to do. I'm not even sure I could do it again. Well, first of all, we're bearing the lead. Michael Bridges is a listener. That's a good thing to, to know. And I'm glad it's not Miles Bridges because he, he 
unfortunately cost himself maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. That is the biggest, I mean, not to put light of what he did at all. No, it's terrible. But holy crap. Yes. Could there have been a worse time for him to, for that to happen? It wasn't like the eve of free agency, basically. It, it was within the week. Yeah. That he, oh yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. But anyway, it's Michael Bridges. And I don't know, because I agree. I lo- I really liked researching that list because I do find Bridges to be fascinating. But I don't know if there's much more, like, how could we do Bridges again? Unless it is sports Bridges or actor Bridges. Yeah, we can do famous people named Bridges. I mean, there's, yeah, there's two in the NBA. There's Todd Bridges. There's Jeff Bridges. Wait, didn't we already kind of make that joke in the Bridges episode? We did because I made a Bridges of Madison County joke too. Uh, okay. I'm having deja vu. Yeah. We're in an alternate timeline. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, no, uh, that's that's a good email though. I'm glad Michael Bridges listens it well. Great 3 and D player. Actually beyond that. He's great. Yeah. yeah. Michael, you're doing a great job for the Phoenix Suns and I don't like Chris Paul. Please tell him. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he will. All right, I got Dear Whiskey Sessions. Great work on the pod. I've got two hot takes for you. Bay Area food and service are both terrible, and Chicagoans have Stockholm Syndrome about the weather. It's awful. This is from Haley, Lubbock, Texas. Wait, explain the Stockholm Syndrome. Well, yeah, Haley, explain the Stockholm Syndrome about. You know, this is something Maggie mentioned, too, where she'll talk to people in Chicago, and she feels this way, too. She's like, oh, I love the four seasons. Or, boy, it really builds character. And then she had a moment was like, no, the weather's just terrible. Yeah. I think that's true. And we don't have fall anymore. It's gone. It just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. It was barely ever there, to be fair. But, yeah. Fall is great. I, re- I feel like as a kid, I remember having fall. Maybe that's just more of the Stockholm syndrome taking effect. But It was the second Tuesday of every October. Yes. Right. <laughs> It's one day. Uh, yeah, Walker, like, Texas Rangers on and then go out and experience fall that, that, that afternoon. I will say the one thing, like we travel to the East Coast and my brother lives in D.C. And D.C. does not get as cold as Chicago, but the summers are worse. Mm-hmm. It was miserable being there in August. Was it super humid? Super humid. Temperature was like, uh, I think it was about 97 degrees. And the heat index put it at like 105. And it was like so unpleasant. I hate outside. Um, so I don't know. My brother's always trying to get me to move to DC. But boy, every time I go to DC, it's hot as shit. And I'm like, God, I'm glad I don't live there. Yeah. That said, Chicago summers never bothered me so much. I mean, there's like a few pretty hot days, but it's not that bad. We've had a, this year has been some of the best weather I can remember. We had a hot stretch and it ended maybe like a month ago. And we've had a month of like high seventies, low eighties, not a lot of humidity, some storms here and there, but like really nice. Yeah. I like a good summer storm too. Like we don't get anything like that. It stops raining there for six months, like completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't mind Chicago summers, but uh, the winters like we're starting to kill me. It's yeah, it's uh, we I go through a deep, dark three months, four months stretch every winter. And I'm just like, oh, my God, we're still here. (laughs) When you mentioned, I remember, too, like when you were having people work on your roof and you were like, well, they're not going to be able to work on it for the next four months. I'm like, 
wait, why? And then I just suddenly jogged my memory. Like, oh, yeah, you can't do that kind of work in Chicago in the winter. Nope. Yeah. No, we just had a hole for a whole winter in our roof. It was great. Good times. Yep. <laughs> Good times. Hey, fix now. It is. Yeah. So there you go. Um, all right. Again, folks at home, if you want to email us, go ahead and email us at whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. We're going to read your email on a future episode. But that's it for our Pascal Siakam slash Jack Sigma episode. Uh, and it was a great one. It's, it's making me look forward to the baseball playoffs and, and trying to get another game in because I got to get some of that delicious, delicious stadium food. Deepin, do you have any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? Siakam and Sigma are pretty close to having the same letters. If his name was like Jack Siakama, it would be really awesome. It would be. Jack, wait, Pascal. Sakama, maybe. Wait, there's, it, it's just, there's a lot Pascal of common Siakama. letters. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nice. All right. That's what we're leaving them with. <laughs> <laughs> this is Amen saying peace out. And BPM saying Jack Pell Siakama. Yeah.